You're listening to the Super Talk podcast, produced by the Australian Institute of Superannuation Trustees, shaping profit to member super. Hello and welcome to Super Talk. My name is Tyrell Mills. Firstly, this. Good evening, Australia. Tonight, I want to talk to you about the global coronavirus, what it means for you and your family, and what the government is doing to see Australia through. The pandemic continues to take a massive toll, not just on health, but on so many parts of life. Flatten the curve, flatten the curve, flatten the curve. Slow the number of people coming into hospitals so we can deal with them in the hospitals. Um, Evening, everyone. That I would jump online um, quickly and just check in with everyone, really, uh, as we all um, prepare uh, to hunker down for a few weeks. We, as you heard, it's the perfect time for businesses, healthcare systems, universities, and schools to look at their pandemic preparedness plans, dust them off, and make sure that they're ready. One day it's like a miracle, it will disappear. Yes. And from our shores, we've, you know, it could get worse before it gets better. It could maybe go away. We'll see what happens. Nobody really knows. The fact is, the greatest experts I've spoken to them all, nobody really knows. That was a quick look at the messages we've been hearing over the past month. You just heard Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison, World Health Organization Director General Dr. Tedros Shebreyesus, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinta Ardern, Principal Deputy Director of the United States CDC and Shuchat, and President of the United States of America, Donald Trump. As the COVID-19 pandemic has developed, the role of communications has played an enormous role, whether it's communicating basic health and hygiene practices, or exactly what the coronavirus is, or what steps governments are taking to minimise effects of the pandemic, the need for clear and concise communications has been a constant from day one. To discuss how super funds are approaching this, we're joined by Melissa Adam, Head of Brand and Marketing at NGS Super. Melissa, you've worked for different super funds as well as JP Morgan. Have you ever dealt with anything like this before? Uh, look, unfortunately, I, I wasn't working uh, during the, the GFC in this particular industry. So while a lot of people refer to that as being a similar time, I haven't had the experience. But of course, we have dealt with uh, other issues within our fund, but I would say nothing to this scale. So what approach has NGS Super been taking to communicating with members regarding COVID-19? Look, I think it's, first of all, understanding that there's a huge amount of anxiety around the pandemic and that members are going to be worried about both their superannuation investments and the operations of the fund. So we really need to make sure that any communication is timely and relevant. We've taken a two-pronged approach with both updates sort of on the website and then also direct messages to members. And these include updates from our CIO, and also some explanation around the federal government's corona economic stimulus package and how it relates to members. And what kind of key messages have you been using? What are some of the the main tones and approaches? I think for us, um, we need to be aware that our core membership base are teachers and others working in the community sectors. So we're targeting our messages with, with those members in mind and being aware of what they're going through, which is a a very different and changing dynamic every day. But I think the important themes and messages that we want to convey 
is around reassurance, support and education. And what kind of communications channels are you using uh, at the moment to, to reach members? Yeah. So, look, we've got um, a specific landing page for Corona updates on our public website and then we're also sending direct-to-members and direct-to-employer communications in both the EDM and DM format. Um, something that we're really conscious of at the moment is that many of the government forms with regards to insurance are live as of 1 April, so members will also be receiving updates around that. So we need to, to space these messages and give each one the, the priority that it deserves. So there's a few timing issues going on as well with, with PIM, if you're referring to there. Correct, yeah. So it's, uh, it's the perfect storm, you could say. Is there anything in particular about your membership demographics that are influencing the way you communicate with them? Is there anything you're focusing on? Uh, look, really, it's, it's just about um, each of the members, the, the phase that they're in, in terms of their, their member journey. So obviously those closer to retirement, we would be communicating with them in a very different way to potentially those who are younger and also just being mindful that, um, you know, teachers in particular who form a huge cohort of our membership base, uh, some of them are still working, some of them are at home. It's, uh, it's just being mindful that they might need different means of communication. I might move through to uh, talking about face-to-face contact. I mean, obviously everything's gone very digital very quickly, uh, now that face-to-face communication has been removed from your bag of communications tools, how has this impacted NGS? How, how are you kind of getting around some of the challenges? Yeah, look, and they are challenges. We've um, had to temporarily suspend seminars and face-to-face meetings, but the good part of it is that our members still have access to our financial advisors and customer relationship managers. So even um, as of today, we've got 135 phone call appointments scheduled with members to roll out in the next few weeks, and that'll be uh, us getting in touch with members, as I mentioned before, who potentially are nearing retirement and having you know, concerns and anxiety with regards to the market and everything else that's going on. I imagine employer engagement and member education is a challenge in this environment. How, how are you maintaining relationships with those kind of employer bases at this time? given you can't have those regular site visits? Yeah, look, in the same way that we're managing um, the ongoing communication with members, so we're organising, you know, phone calls and video conferencing, et cetera, with the employers, um, and then also touching base with them so that, um, you know, we're across what's happening in their industry. As I said before, it's, it's ever-evolving. So you've got some teachers who are not working some are still working, so it's trying to understand, you know, where we can slot into the, the pattern of their somewhat, uh, you know, disparate day. At the other side of the coin of that is probably industry partnerships. Uh, these are usually driven by in-person events and other more visible activations. With many of these kind of being cancelled at the moment, like you said, the seminars and that sort of thing, wh- what are you doing to maintain good relationships with industry partners? Yeah, well, look, first of all, you know, we um, are really sympathetic to what they're experiencing because of the current situation. As you mentioned, a lot of events and seminars and and conferences, et cetera, have have had to be cancelled. So we're staying in regular and close contact with our industry partners, but we also acknowledge that, you know, we really need to be prudent about every dollar that the fund is spending at the moment. So we still need to get a return on investment for these activities. Uh, so what we're doing is we're in discussions with them about alternatives that we can implement uh, in the case of 
postponement when we think would be a good time to schedule. And in fact, some of our partners are still running their events in a different format, such as the Mother's Day Classic is now doing their, their run as a virtual run. So in that case, we'll work with them to support them as best as we can. But it's, uh, it's an ever-evolving uh, discussion we're having. So moving on to, I suppose, brand building. Although in a global health crisis, Building your brand is probably not the highest of priorities, but people are certainly noticing the strengths or weaknesses of governments and companies when it comes to how they're communicating during this crisis. What do you think are the most important actions for a super fund to be taking right now from a sense of strengthening their brand relationships with either members or stakeholders? I think definitely you're right. I think people are noticing the strengths and weaknesses and also they're noticing uh, the actions that the organisations and, and the funds are taking. So I really believe that the most important actions for a fund is around being transparent and accessible. Um, so the transparency is obviously in communication. So what's going on? How is it impacting our members? What are we doing as a fund to assist and support? Um, what is happening not only today but also tomorrow. Uh, and then with regards to accessibility, making sure it's easy for our members to, to contact the customer relationship managers or the helpline or financial advisors to get some, some help and some advice about their current situations. I think the only thing that I would say is for us it's making sure that, that what we're doing is relevant and that we have an important message to say. I think um, a lot of organisations and a lot of companies have fallen into the trap of thinking that they have to provide an update. Uh, so, look, while Super is very much you know, part of the pandemic and especially part of the, the outcomes in terms of the federal government, we still need to be conscious that what we're saying is important and is going to be helpful and not just a regular update to join the other menus that sit in your inbox. Of course, kind of finding that relevancy is always going to be really important. How about your call centre? I mean, that's obviously uh, a great place of urgency at the moment, I suppose. How Are you in close communication with them to get feedback from what's coming through? Like, how are they faring? Yeah, absolutely. So at the moment um, at NGS, the executive team have a daily uh, meeting with, you know, via video conferencing. And as part of that, we talk about each of the, the key metrics and obviously well, what's been going on in our helpline is, is key to that. So we're making sure that we're looking at wait times, uh, the types of queries that we get, and where at all possible, making sure we can update our website with relevant information to sort of direct members to to help them and avoid them sitting in in the line waiting to speak. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of people calling, so wait times are higher than what we would expect. We're trying to trying to get them down as much as possible. That was Melissa Adam from NGS Super. Thank you for listening in to this episode of Super Talk. For more on what is happening in the superannuation industry, head to newsroom.aist.asn.au. Bye for now. <laughs>